You guys are choking me up, we won't be able to talk. The song, You Are My King, <clears throat> really hits home. Um, it makes me ask the question, why me? Why, why, why me? And I've been doing a lot of thinking about that question, why, why would you die for me? And <clears throat> when you think about that question, why me, we look at, I need to work more. I need to do more things. I haven't measured up. And I know that I haven't measured up. See, the why me question of why he died for us, it's a perfect question because if we're not sure, it's because we're sitting in a place of humility, and it's because we're not Worthy of it. That's why we were saved. It's an interesting place to be sometimes. I, <clears throat> when Pastor Art asked me to, uh, to take over today on, on the first Sabbath of October, man, God immediately said love. And I was like, whew, that's a big one. Okay, no problem. Thanks for the tall order, God. And, uh, and, I, and, we, and I got nervous immediately. And he's like, man, why are you getting nervous? Did you forget that I'm helping you with this? And I was like, yep, bye. yep, sorry about that. And, you know, if you saw, we're sitting over here, and I was praying. And I don't know where Martin, I think he went uh, to the restroom, but he could feel it. He came over and prayed with me. And it was immediate. I was sitting there, and I was shaking. Like, I need to have the right words. I need, I need to have the right words, right? And as soon as he put his arm around me and prayed with me, it was immediate. And I could hear God going, I told you, I got you. You just forgot. So if you see somebody that you feel might be in need in prayer, please, please don't hesitate. Because it could be the one thing that takes them from where they're going that is very scary to getting even closer with God, which there is no fear. <clears throat> I do have to ask for permission, though, because as you, as you as some of you have heard me talk, um, I speak right from here. This is where it comes from. And the reason I say here is because I believe the Holy Spirit lives in our heart. Amen. So when I'm talking, sometimes these notes and these slides are great. Yeah, sometimes God has a different plan for us. <laughs> so we've got to be very in tune to what he's talking about. So this first slide, love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, that was actually an afterthought. When I was finished everything, I didn't know how to, how to name it. I didn't know how to, to start what we were doing. And, and he kept saying, love, 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 love. And I'm like, I don't, know, I don't know what you mean by that. And he said, follow my lead. And he started helping me through scripture and, and guiding me through this, this conversation. So it was really kind of neat. And he said, make sure that when you're there, say these words, that this is for someone. And it might be one person. Maybe that someone is me. I don't know. But if it's you, Awesome. If not, I don't know, hang out with me anyways and just humor me and act like it is. <laughs> so, <clears throat> love your neighbor as yourself. What does, that, what does that mean? Well, sometimes we're not very kind to ourselves, so that's, how about we love our neighbors how God loves our neighbors? That'd be kind of a neat place to sit. <clears throat> so, as we're walking through here, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? It's an honor to be here with you today. As some of you know me, my name is Steve Krivda, and I'm humbled in front of the Lord that I have an opportunity to speak his words. These are not mine. 
And one of the most difficult things I believe that most speakers go through is to be cautious on your own agenda. Is to speak the point that you want to make. So it took a lot of prayer to get through this. Because love is very dear. Because I think that we need more love now in our society than we ever have been before. Because I think it's fleeting. It's leaving. And we're having a difficult time communicating because we're sitting in a place of non-love. I heard something recently, it was very disheartening, that we are at a place right now for the first time in history that less than 50% of the country are not Christians. And I believe that we have an obligation to share love, to allow people to want, they want to know what's different about you. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And love the second, excuse me, and the second is like, love your neighbor as yourself unless they believe differently than, than you do in politics. Oh wait, that's not there? Oh, sorry, I thought that was verse 40. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, Danielle told me I wasn't allowed to say that. <laughs> but I had to do it anyways. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, uh, as yourself. And I think that's a very interesting thing. And, you know, when we, when we really kind of expand on it, <clears throat> it's how God's loving us and how we're sitting in that place. So, what are we doing? Dear friends, in 1 John 4, 7, 8, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Who does, and whoever does not love God does not know God, because God is love. And I thought about this for a few moments, and I thought, <clears throat> aren't we created in his image? Yeah. Cool. That's a, almost a rhetorical question, but I like feedback. It's fun. So if we're created in his image and, and God is love, what does that make us? What? Love. We're created of love, with love. He breathed love and life into us. And it's up to us to kind of recognize that and receive that. So I thought that was kind of neat. Whoever does not love, um, excuse me, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. I thought, what a really powerful statement to make. And then, so the question is, are we fully loving each other? Or are we loving each other just enough? So, I hope I don't push any buttons on this one. Is that we were great friends until politics came along. Anybody lose any friends over the last 18 months? I lost a couple. It wasn't because we were debating. We just believed differently. And all of a sudden, something changed. Been friends for 20 years, and they said, oh, I didn't know you believed like that. All right. Thank you. We, we could use a lot more, right? Coronavirus. There's some different thoughts on there, isn't there? How about the economy? Where the economy's going? Man, oh man, these are three hot topics. In fact, we could all not be friends if we wanted to continue talking about them, but we're not going to. <laughs> so, I... These, these slides here is something that happened. Um, I'm going to take you through a personal journey as we go through this. And I'm hoping it lands like, I'm, like, like God has spoken it into me. So who here loves their spouse? And that's a rhetorical question. If they're sitting next to you, just nod. I'm not looking. <laughs> 
But if you think about this, follow along with me this and do this with me and put it in your mind as we go through this. Because I remember sitting, I was sitting in an event back in about 2013 and if you knew me back then, I was really shy. Me standing up here, absolutely not. You'd have to, you'd have to trick me <laughs> and just tell me that there's nobody out here and I'm just reading to myself. And I, rem I remember sitting there and <clears throat> I was like, you know what, I'm going to start taking a stand for myself. When I go to an event where they're teaching and we're learning, I want to sit in the front. I want to be so present with the person that's speaking that it's just like us two having a conversation. So I'm at this event and I'm sitting like, when I say I'm sitting there, like this seat is me and the person that's speaking is this close. So just kind of keep that in, the imagination, in, in your mind as we're going through and, and the, excuse me, and the, <clears throat> the person speaking says, who loves their spouse? And I'm like, I do. I mean, <clears throat> me, right? I didn't do that, man. I was like, ooh, 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 right? I'm going, it's me, it's me, it's me. Like, we're, Danielle and I were going through an incredibly amazing time in our life. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here. But he asked who loves their person. And I'm like, it's me. I, I, there was nobody else around me. It's just him and I talking. And he's like, all right, Mr. Krivda, what do you love about her? I'm like, man, she's beautiful. She's an amazing wife. She's an amazing, incredible mom. And he's writing it up on this whiteboard. So imagine there's a whiteboard behind me. We're going we're gonna to use this instead. I'm like, she's giving and loving and serving. And she loves God. And he's like, man, OK, 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 I got it, right? And it, have you ever seen a peacock flaunt its feathers? That was me, except for I wasn't peacocking around the, around the room. I was just sitting there, man, prouder and prouder could be. And I could hear people behind me snickering. And then, have you ever volunteered for something and realized, uh-oh, I think I just got caught. So we're going to come back to that. <laughs> so as we continue going on, oh my goodness, it's going to be great. So if we continue going on to 1 John, we go into nine, uh, verse, uh, chapter 4, verses 9 and 11. By this, God's love has, was revealed in us that God has sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him in this love, not that we love God, but he loved us. Remember that statement. And sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us in this way, we ought to love one another. There was a young man, uh, I don't know if he's here, I can't see all the way out to everybody, but there was a young man that was here over the last couple of weekends when we were doing our foundation series. And if you haven't seen the foundation series, please go to naplessda.org. Yeah, naplessda.org. And check that out. It's really powerful. So this gentleman was sitting over in this area, and his name was Curse. And um, he says, I don't know how powerful God's love is, all I can tell you is this, if I have, when I have children, if, if I had to sacrifice my children for the people in my life, I probably would, wouldn't do it. And I was like, man, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm glad he said it out loud because then I felt kind of guilty because I was keeping it in my mind. And I don't know what kind of love that is. That is so powerful. It's so beyond my understanding of love. But he did it. God did that. He sacrificed his own son. And it wasn't like it was just a one and done, like this three or four minute thing. Man, this is over time. Got to put ourselves in that place that he sacrificed his own son out of love. So what is love? How does love even come about? Well, if you take a look at 
some of the, uh, if you all didn't know, have you ever, ever had somebody ask you the question, I wish we had a manual for life? Anybody ever said that to you before? I've said it before. Anyway, we have one. It's called the Bible. We can go through there, man. We, we, you go through there. You'll find everything you need to, to survive through life. In fact, if we're looking for love, we could take a look at 1 Corinthians. And I know, you've, I, I know everybody's heard this before, but, but humor me and come along with me on this journey because if I speak in tongues of men, and, men or of angels but ha, do not have love, who am I? I'm just nothing but a sounding, clanging bunch of noise. I'm just speaking nothing. If I have gift of prophecy and, I, and, I, and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I, have, but I don't have love, I have nothing. I'm starting to kind of catch this. If I don't have love, is it because I don't have God? I might have faith, but if I'm not having God in my heart, I've got nothing. If I, pos- if I give all, my pose- all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love... I have nothing. See, I look at these things and I start looking at them and I'm like, well, why would I do that if I wasn't doing it out of love? Well, I can tell you really quickly, I'm doing it for myself because I want people to look at me. I'm acting out of pride. Now, there's nothing wrong with being proud of yourself or accomplishing things. I think that's actually kind of cool. I think you should acknowledge and, and celebrate for the right reasons. But if we sit here and we continue moving forward, God has given us another set of tools. Now, when I first, now if, you, if you knew me back in 2010 when I got baptized, I went around touting, well, you guys know, there's only 10 things needed to adhere to. I mean, how hard could that be? Well, uh, if, you, if you've ever tried that, you know the humor in that statement. But I was serious. And then I started really taking a look at how much I fall short. However, if you take a look at the Ten Commandments, the first, I say 3.5 because I look at the Sabbath as kind of like a dual thing. The first three are, are for God. It's how we show up to God. And then number four, keeping the Sabbath holy, we're doing two things, right? God gave that to us. He created it for man so we can rest and glorify God. And then we look at, at um, the uh, one, five, we have five through ten, right? They're for us. It's how to treat each other. Thou shalt not lie. Everybody be lied, be, lied to you before? Yeah, it's painful stuff, man. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the deceit he's keeping us from. Thou shalt not kill. I'm not going to go there. You guys already know that. But you can take a look at as we continue to go through the commandments that God created them for us to communicate not only with him but also with each other. And then we continue further. And then we have verses 4 through 7. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. In other words, and how I read this, is that who am I making wrong in my life? Simply for the fact that I wanted to be right. And who am I looking to be better than? Instead of simply putting us all on the same level playing field as sons and daughters of God. Verse 5, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Forgive but not forgetting. When Christ forgave you, he wiped you clean. You were a blank sheet. He didn't say, well, I forgive you, but don't forget all these other things you did. God is miraculous, man. Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He's not continued to bring up the wrongdoings of you. 
And you can start hearing how these, all these, these verses, and the last one's uh, pretty, pretty self-explanatory. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. God is always there holding you. And I, and I kind of, the, the, I love the, the children's song. He has a whole world in his hands. He's holding on to us, right? And it's whether or not we decide to jump off a cliff. But you know what's cool? You can jump back on. And he's like, hey, what's up? Glad you came back. I was waiting for you. The one lost sheep. But it doesn't remind you how many things you've done wrong. But we do that sometimes. We'll bring it up. Five, 10, 15 years later, oh, I remember that one time? <laughs> and you're like, I don't even remember what I did yesterday, but thanks for reminding me. <laughs> okay, so now we get to come back. Love for all that you are and all that you're not. I had that said to me that day that I was sitting in that chair. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really make any sense to me. So I sat with it for oh, quite a few weeks. And if you take a look at these six items here, Man. Man. Remember when I told you I said, uh-oh, I feel like I'm being set up? I was. The guy says, you know, Steve, I can not only tell by your words that you love Danielle, <clears throat> but I can tell by the way you looked at me, and I can feel it. I'm like, cool, now I'm scared. <laughs> I know something's coming. He said, but let me ask you a question. You said she's beautiful, right? I said, yep. Does you want me to show you a picture? He's like, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool, you're good. He said, well, what happened if she was in a fire? Burned off, burned half of, or 80% of her body. Would you still love her then? I was like, man, we've been through some pretty rough stuff. Yeah, I think we'll be okay. We were able to cross that one off. And he said, well, what happens because of all that? She became bitter and spiteful towards you because you weren't the one that it happened to. And she wasn't that amazing wife. And I was like, well, all right, well, you know, with time, we should be cool. You know, we'll get past things. We've gotten past things before. We checked that one off. He said, well, what happens if she turned on the boys? You said you have two sons. What if she started being frustrated and angry with them, and every time she turned around, they were just not a good conversation? And I was like, well, you know, the boys, they're pretty good kids. You know, we've done a really good job about bringing them up and understanding God and, you know, things that are said. And a lot of times, it doesn't really have to do with us. It's just the person that's speaking it. So eh, I think we'd be okay there. He said, well, what happens if she stopped giving and loving? What happens if she stopped serving? What happens if she turned her back on God? Would you, would you love her then? And I was like, golly, man. Now you can imagine the emotional state that I was sitting in, because now I'm, I'm crying in the front, because he had me thinking about this stuff. And I said, well, his name is Gary. <clears throat> I said, Gary, I don't know what I would do. I could tell you sitting here right this very moment, I think I could still love her. In fact, I know I could. And I don't want to be tested. And he goes, cool, man. I'm going to let you be with that. He goes, 
you stay with that. I'm not going to continue to <laughs> torture you. And I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. But it really started having me think, why do we love people? Why do we love each other? Is it because some days we look great? We worked out a couple weeks in a row? It's because we got our makeup on right? Got a nice clean haircut? <laughs> Thanks for laughing at that. <laughs> Love is really powerful because it's a feeling. <clears throat> it's an action that we do. God is love. It's the most powerful thing in the universe because he's created it and he is of it. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Nothing you see, this is one, I, this, this is so incredibly powerful. You think about this for a second. Nothing you confess could make me love you less. Signed, Jesus. See, it's nothing what you've done. It's nothing to what you've said. He's still like, come to me. You know, I imagine, I did this, man, it was like years ago, I did this children's story, and I said, does anybody ever imagine what it would be like to stand there and look at Christ hanging on the cross like that? And I could see people, and you can hear them going, oh, man, that would be terrible. And I was like, yeah, I kind of thought that too, but could you imagine if we looked at him instead of being there like that, he was actually looking at it like this? Come. Let me, let me embrace you. And I thought, whoa. And this was years ago, and I can't get that vision out of my mind. When I look at the cross, I don't get sad. I get really, really excited because he's accepting me for who I am. All that I am and all that I'm not. Look, I've got to be honest with y'all. Sometimes I can, keep, I can be a little jerky. Shows up. And people still love me. At least that's what they tell me. <laughs> so how are we loving people? Are we loving our labor as we love ourselves? Are we loving how God says to love? We love because he first loved us. We can't love any until he loves us first, because we don't even know what love feels like. We know what we think love. We know, we know the experience of love when somebody does something awesome for you. You want to know what love is? You get in touch and have a conversation with God. He'll fill you up. He'll bring that heart, that warmth. Have you ever felt that warmth? It's almost too much to handle. It's almost, man, almost give you a little anxiety if you put your thoughts into it. But the unfortunate part is this. Coming back to loving for all that you are and all that you're not, it hit me like a ton of bricks because we put love in a box as what we think love is. We, we create love with stipulations. As long as you're this, I will continue to love you. As long as you follow these standards and ideals that I put together, the idea of who we think people should and shouldn't be, and as long as they don't stray for that, we'll love them. But then they kind of fit the mold, right? Remember dating? Like, I didn't even go, I didn't even go, like, I didn't even go to, like, to the restroom in front of my wife until I think we got engaged. Shut the door, shut the bedroom door, shut the bathroom door. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go read, <laughs> right? Because we were holding ourselves back because we didn't want them to see the full us. And I have to ask myself the question, if we don't want them to see the full us, what are we hiding from? Because do we not want to see the full them? Because if we hold ourselves to this standard, 
Are we looking to create the standard for somebody else to live into in order for us to love them? Loving for all that you are and all that you're not. It's a very powerful statement if you really kind of start paying attention and being in this. <clears throat> that we've, you've been really great, but then I found out this about you. Going back to slide number three. I found that you like different politics than me. You have a different understanding of what you feel is going on with the pandemic. We have differences of opinions. Well, I didn't realize that you had that opinion, so oh well. It has been really great 20 years hanging out with you, but that's about it. But in all reality, if you really think about it, nothing changed. You just found out different information. They're still the very same caring, loving, giving person you've known for the exact same 20 years. Nothing changed except for what society told us. That was my little input. And then, I came back to the day when I remember sitting there. <clears throat> and I got that statement, the love you are and all that you're not. Danielle and I had just moved into our home. We're sitting on our couch together, doing what we were doing every night before we go to bed. We're just kind of unwinding. There's something on the TV, but we really have no idea what it is. It's just noise and stuff like that. And we're usually chit-chatting back and forth. And it was, I don't know what time it was. I, I can envision it was just dark. There was like a little light in the back on this, like a soft light. So it's just very calming on our eyes so we can relax and get into that moment of sleep. Right? And I remember, like, anybody been married for more than 10 years? Yeah, we look different, don't we? <laughs> we look a lot different. Things happen, we get a little different in age. No, I didn't say older, I just said different in age. And I remember looking down the couch at my wife as I put the television off, and I looked at her, and I'm in my, I'm in my ratty workout clothes, right, because that's my comfortable stuff. You guys get comfy clothes at night. And Danielle's in, looking great, of course, and she's in her tankinis. She has her jammies on that she's had since the day we met, and her hair's up in a ponytail. She's shoved out of the shower. There's no makeup on. And I looked over at her, and I remember seeing her for the first time in a way that I had never seen her before. And it was all that she is and all that she's not. You see, we create these shouldn't, shouldn'ts of who people should and shouldn't be. And then we grade them on this sliding scale of love. And I realized that that young lady that was sitting about eight feet from me has accepted me for all that I am and all that I'm not. And we want people to accept us for all that we are and all that we're not. But are we willing to accept them for the exact same thing as Christ did? And I, I, I remember the night because is what she said to me. She says, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, stop looking at me. And I was like, why not? And she's like, because you're making me uncomfortable. I was like, how am I making you uncomfortable? And she said, because you've never looked at me like that before. For the first time, I saw my wife flawless. <clears throat> flawless. Because I saw her as one of God's children. 
I saw the person who has accepted me. I saw the person that was loving me back. I only saw the person, not what I thought she should or shouldn't be. It was one of the most incredible nights of my life. And you know, because of that night, we haven't had, a, we haven't had an argument in almost 13 years now. It's been a long time. Because we see each other differently. When you love someone, do you want to hurt them? No. When they love you back, do you think they really want to hurt you? We say things sometimes, though, because we're emotional creatures. So we get to shift our thought process. Some people say God doesn't exist because there's suffering in the world. I say we made it through the suffering in the world because God exists. No longer did neither one of us need to be right. Neither one of us need to make each other wrong. And I could see for the first time in my life, I could see her through Christ's eyes. You see, one of the coolest things in the world is when we look at this, this slide here, it says being sincerely Christ-like is even more important than being authentic. People say, I just need to be my true self. Yeah, well, who's that? I think your true self is being a son or a daughter of God and the one that he created you to be. A loving, caring, giving, serving young man or woman. A person that is, is eager to serve. A person that, like Martine, that came over to me in my, sign, uh, my, my place of anxiety and put his arm around me. He's like, hey, can I pray with you right now? He didn't have to do that. He had no idea what was happening. He just came over and thought I needed some prayer. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And we have that opportunity to do that with each other. If we take a look at this, God did not see people because people we think people are evil. Or Christ didn't walk around and be like, well, that person's evil, so I'm just going to let them deal with their stuff. I'll just come back to them later when they measure up and are worthy of love. He didn't, man. If you take a look at Matthew 8, Christ confronted two demons that possessed them. But he did he leave? No, he stayed with them and cast those demons out. We have friends right now that are so angry and are frightened in the world that they don't even know what to do. Are we just going to let them sit back and suffer, or can we introduce them to a love that they've never in their life felt before? And it's not by saying, hey, have you read Matthew 8? That might be pretty awesome for you to read right now. No, man, we meet them with our heart and our love like Jesus did. He didn't come up and say, hey, um, hold on a second, let me just get through. Let me, let me just find Corinthians really quick here and let you know what love is. He showed them love and was love and is love with them. If you take a look at further into Matthew, <clears throat> in Matthew 8, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He's talking to the lepers. Man, is that really convenient for today's day and age? We're almost afraid to give each other hugs. Don't come around me if you're afraid of hug, by the way. I'm, I'm coming in hot. I got two big arms, and I'm warm too, man. We're getting it on. We're hugging. But aren't we doing that to each other? We're terrified to even have a conversation. But Christ met people where they are. I'm not saying that you need to go out and hug people and all that kind of stuff. That's just me. I'm a little bit nutty, so just let that be where that is. But do your own thing. Use your own, use your own discretion, of course. But Christ walked into their world of leprosy when they had to be cast out of the, of the city. They didn't have to measure up. He also met with prostitutes and tax collectors. 
He met them exactly where they were with love. Whew. Love one another as I have loved you. That's a really tall order. That's a tall order. Man, are you up for that challenge? Is anybody up for that challenge? Give me an amen. amen. <clears throat> we can't change people as much as we may want to. <laughs> we can't change anyone. The only thing we can do is show up for them the way Christ shows up for us. We can affect change in this world by being the person that he wants us to be. We can preach, we can speak, we can post on Facebook, but until we walk the walk as he walked the earth, people are going to see us exactly how they might see us, through the, through the eyes of hypocrisy. And they didn't create it, I did. I can only speak for myself, that's why I didn't say we. But we can walk like Christ walks, walked, excuse me. Love one another as I have loved you. And in the day that we forget what love is, if you don't have your Bible in front of you, you only have your phone, Google love Bible verses and watch how many come up and just start looking through them and be with those verses. What was his message? Why am I reading this right now? What would even have me pick up my phone? See, I don't believe that he creates these things that, that, that are by mistake. I don't believe in, I, don't, I definitely do not believe in chaos. I believe that God has a plan in place for all of us to walk down. I believe that we're always in the perfect place at the perfect time, whether we're in this place of amazing awesomeness or we're in a, or, or we're in a and, and people say tests and trials and tribulations. I call those opportunities. We're either in that place or that place. And you know what's amazing? In all the places we are, God's with us. And the moment we stop, we're angry. Somebody cuts us off in the street. Somebody, excuse me, says something nasty on your social media pages. Maybe one of your workers says something mean behind your back, or you find somebody gossiping about you. God is still with you. And I have to think that that is by design. Because right now, in case you haven't noticed, the evil one is working overtime. I can imagine he's sweating a little because he's working. That dude is working. And as much as I dislike the devil, you got to give him credit, man. He is an expert at what he does. He's had a little bit of time to practice. And it's like we're in like the final exam right now. And he's like, here we go, sharpening his number two pencil. You might not remember what that is, Andrew. <laughs> Just kidding. But if you think about it, we're in that time. And if you're being tried, congratulations. That means you're making a mark in the world for God's name. That's an opportunity. The moment we're being pushed over the edge and the moment we're questioning life, that means you're on to something. That means the devil is trying to get you to think of something different than the Almighty, the salvation that we have in Christ. When he sees one of your friends or one of your buddies or, or your, your friends or whomever that is and they're, they're giving you some stuff about your, these new beliefs that you have that you've always had and all of a sudden they're angry at you and they're saying nasty things about you, God's like, that's okay, let them be where they are. I'm with them too. Don't worry. You let me work on them just like I'm working on you. And because I'm working on you, why don't you bring them some love that I just gave you and see what happens? 
Because we want to do this. We get this, and we want to go. We didn't want to smack them back. We just want to knock them out. With our words, of course, no violence. But when we pull back for a second, is that what Christ did? When he tried to get caught by the, by the, um, the Pharisees and, the, and the, the leaders in the Jewish community, when they brought him the prostitute, man, he could have he stood up from that teaching and gave them a real what for. But he didn't. He showed them a mirror. Instead, those who have sinned throw the first stone. And he went, they went, that's me. I can't throw a stone. I can't even bend down to pick one up. I'm not even worthy to pick up the stone. And they all turned around and walked away. The mirror that I'm talking about is a mirror of God's love in you. We have that. God fills us up every single day. And the only reason I ever forget is because I'm not in the Word. And I'm not going to tell you that you need to read the Word every day. That's not for me to tell you. It's for God to put that on your heart. So as we walk out of here today, I pray for peace and love. I pray for understanding. I pray for mercy and grace. And to know that when I look at you, I've made eye contact with everybody at least once. Please understand that my love for you is never going to change. I have a lot. I just think you're amazing, incredible, incredible people. And it's not because of who you are. It's not because of what you've done. It's because God has spoken life into you and he brought you here today whether you're here with us right now or you're sitting out on social media. We can love each other like God loved us. The moment we pull our ego out of it and we see how people are and love them for all that they are and all that they're not. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you for today. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you for being so kind and merciful. Thank you for meeting us where we are. Thank you for for being the example that you want us to be, Lord. And thank you for when we falter, you bringing us back, for accepting us back, for looking past our inefficiencies, for looking past who we have been, Lord, and for not holding that over our head and, and continuing to remind us who we were, but showing us who we are in your name, Lord, and, and showing us the promised land of where we're going. And when the devil reminds us of our past, let us remind him of his future. Thank you, Jesus. Please wrap us with your robe of righteousness and let us walk out of here today with your peace, your love, and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.